Look down at your neighbor's feet right now and say, that's some beautiful feet. That's some beautiful feet right there. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. Good news. How beautiful are the feet. Who's got beautiful feet? Feet in the, in the natural are pretty ugly. They're pretty ugly right there, you know. There's more exposure of feet tonight than I've ever seen before, which is a little bit dangerous. Hope you're washed between your toes. <laughs> Zach's covering his feet right now. What's up, bro? <laughs> Amen. Amen. How about lifting a hand or two? Mark this day down, 20th of October, 2018. God did something significant in my life. Mercury Theater, 5 p.m. service. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission to do everything that you want to do in this place. Lord, let there be no restriction, hindrance. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing currently in our lives. Lord, we give you praise for that. But Lord, we know that there's so much more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, how about high 10, five people before you take your seat? High 10, five people. How are we doing in the balcony time? If you got your Bible, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Preached a message this morning. This is part two of that message. I gave it a title. The title would be, I've Got Trust Issues. How many know somebody who's got trust issues? Anybody? How many would say they've got trust issues? Come on, you can be honest in church. Yeah, a few honest people here. Uh, so this is a series on trust. I want to speak from the story in the Bible. It's the story of a man by the name of Naaman. Everyone say Naaman. Yeah, and so we're going to look at his story and then uh, just unpack a few thoughts. It says, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha's the prophet. And Elisha sent a message to him saying, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought you would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Uh, are not that river and that other river of Damascus, uh, aren't they better than all the waters in Israel? He goes on, couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know. Somebody say, now I know. Come on out loud. Now I know. Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. In Israel. Well, hear the story. Uh, it's longer than that. I just took an excerpt out. But the Bible tells us that Naaman was a well-respected man. He was a guy who carried mana. 
He was the commander of the Syrian army, and he had led the Syrian army to many great victories. And many people looked up to him. Many people respected him. And in fact, many people were in awe of him because of his credentials. And the Bible describes this guy, Naaman, as a mighty man of valor. This man had a lot going for him, but he was struck suddenly with this disease called leprosy. Now, now leprosy was a disease that you didn't want to get because it would take all your senses and it will make them numb. So your body could be rotting away, could be you know, in pain, but you wouldn't feel it. And, and it would just eat away at your flesh. And so Naaman, this great man, had this disease. So, so he was desperate. You know, he was a great warrior. He, he was a man of status. But he finds himself in this desperate predicament. You know, how many have found themselves before in, in a place where you're a little bit desperate? Come on, Connor, are there any desperados in church? Yeah, no, not in that way. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, at times in life, we can find ourselves with no other option, where we get a little bit desperate. Come on, how many have been at a point where you just had a big meal and a large drink and there's no bathroom around? Uh, uh, that's desperate. I traveled to India this year. And uh, God bless India. I arrived there. It was hot. They took me out to some of the slums to see the work that we're doing in India. By the way, you're supporting an amazing work in India that's changing lives. You know, we're equipping and immobilizing a whole generation of people. There's buses full of, full of kids who are just left to their own devices on the street that we pick them up, we feed them, and we educate them. Come on, can we give God a big clap of praise for what He's doing in India? It's my second time to India. Got picked up. We went from place to place, and it was hot, and there was, the air conditioning wasn't really working strong in the car, and I'd eaten a bit, and, and you know, I, was, I got to that point where I, you know, I just needed to go. And, uh, and I, you know, I was trying to be polite. I can hold on, hold on. But it came to that point where I go, man, I don't know if I can hold on any longer. And, and uh, I, said, I said to the guys, I, I just think, you know, I, I think I need to go. And they go, oh, uh, we're not close to any Western toilet. In, in fact, uh, you know, the closest toilet, Western toilet, is 20 minutes away. How many know I was praying right there, God help me. God help me, I'll go, I think, okay, and, and so, the, you know, we're driving through roads that have potholes, and, you know, I'm breaking out into a hot, a cold sweat, and I'm going, am I going to make it, and I'm going, oh, this is getting really bad, this is getting, I said, I don't know if I'm going to make it, I was saying to the guys in the front, they're going, oh, sir, I don't know if there's any other option, and, and, and they said, but hang on, there, there's this toilet just on the side of the road, how many know when you're desperate, you consider all options? And at that point, I had to consider all options. You know, it's not like I had the luxury of choice. And I had my first experience of a non-Western toilet. And man, I'm thankful to God I live in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, right there. But, but we're here, we can live in points of desperation where there's no other option. And, and at those points, you know, suddenly you've got to trust and something that maybe you normally wouldn't trust in. Uh, when you've got options, it's like, ah, uh, um, okay, I don't trust that one. Don't trust that one. Don't trust that one. Oh, I trust that one. I'll take that one. But when there's an absence of choice, how many know you're forced to trust? 
you're, you're forced to, and, and sometimes God brings us to a place in our life where we actually we're forced to trust because we've got no other options. And, and Naaman's at a point where, where he's got resources, but the resources couldn't meet his need. And he was at a point where he had to trust. You know, he was frustrated. I'm sure he was losing his patience. And he was going, man, I, I can't live with this condition. I, I need to see a breakthrough in my life. And so, so he listens to a servant girl. Now, the Israelites have been held captive. And there was a servant girl from Israel who, who served in, a, in his house. And, and he served, uh, this girl served his wife. And this girl one day, she spoke up and said, well, why don't you go see the prophet in Israel because he can heal you of your disease. Now, isn't it interesting that, that here this nobleman, this man of great status, would actually listen to a foreign servant girl. He, he, he took on board her advice. You know, I, I love the fact that, you know, just when it comes to trust and mistrust, you know, uh, the way that we heal a generation is by serving them. Uh, uh, you know, right now, we've got a lot of skeptics and cynics out there. Uh, cynical about church, cynical about God, you know, skeptical about what's going on. But I believe the greatest force on the whole of the universe that, that brings back trust is the people who are prepared to serve. Because when you serve, you release kingdom power. Come on, how many want to see kingdom power on display? Oh, three people. Yeah, come on, on, how many want to see the kingdom of God on display? That's why, you know, it's so important. A servant position isn't a lowly position. A servant position can actually uh, direct people of status and can bring amazing change. You know, here she served him. See, see, our lives, what you've got to understand, our lives are a decision point for others, no, no matter how insignificant we feel. See, see, our words can point somebody to, uh, to the right direction where they can get healed. Now, some of us right now, we're diminishing, you know, God's ability to work through our life. Now, we've got pizza after the service. How many like Hawaiian pizza? I personally believe pineapple should never be on a pizza. So I get an amen on that. Come on, how many are with me on that? That's all the people who are saved in this place. Pepperoni should be on a pizza. Pepperoni and cheese, definitely. But, but pineapple, no, pineapple. Does. Any Hawaiian fans, lift up your yeah, Hawaiian pizza fans. We'll pray for you a little bit later, but... You know, the, the whole thing about a pizza, you know, you dial 0800, what is it, 838383. Um, and, you know, imagine uh, the delivery boy coming and, and delivering the pizza without the box. You know, the pizza was just in his hand. You know, how many would think something's wrong right there? You know, if somebody, ah, you know, even after the service, you know, somebody said, hey, you want a piece of pizza? You're going, where's that hand been? You know, where is it? I don't know if I want to take that pizza from you. But, you know, you'd ask the question, where, where the heck's the box? Where, where's the box? I was expecting the product to come in a box. Now, now, the box isn't worth that much. In fact, a pizza box, what's it worth? 10 cents, 50 cents maybe? It's, it's not very valuable. But, 
but it takes on value because of what's placed in it. Yeah, the box doesn't give value to the product. Uh, the product gives value to the box. In fact, you know, many of us wouldn't eat the pizza if it wasn't in a box. So, so the, the box's value increases. Here's what you've got to understand. To make a difference, uh, you don't have to be great. You don't have to be super good looking. You don't have to be super talented. To be used of God in a powerful way, all you need to do is you need to trust on what lives on the inside of you. You're a carrier of something amazing. Yeah, you may be a box, you just may be a vessel, but there's treasure in that box. And in fact, the treasure in the inside gives the significance on the outside. Come on, I want to declare tonight that you're called to greatness. That, that God has something great for you to do. But it comes as you learn to trust in Him. Trust in Him. You know, for God to, to use us, all as we need to be is clean and empty. Just clean and empty. And God can use a clean and an empty. Somebody who's not full of himself. Because He wants to pour into an empty vessel. And he wants to fill that vessel with his power in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, give God a clap of praise right now. Come on. Turn to your name and say, God wants to use you to do something great. Come on, if he can use a servant girl from Israel, he can use you. And God wants to move in your life. Uh, but it's for you and I to walk worthy of our calling. Uh, here's the deal. Trust diminishes sometimes when we drop the ball. You know, I found trust is like a bank account. Bank account. If, if we're to grow in trust, you know, deposits need to go into that bank account. Uh, but if, if these deposits, if somebody's violating your trust, deposits are, are taken out. And, and where a relationship go, gets into problems is, is when there's more withdrawals than there are deposits. You know, Here's, here's the thing, in our earthly relationships, sometimes you know, we have relationships where there's a lot of, depo a lot of withdrawals. And, and, and we'll be, we get to a point where we get frustrated, we get disappointed, we get disillusioned. <laughs> okay, there's a new word there, disillusioned. And, 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 and in the end, we, we take you know, the breakdown of earthly relationships and, and we project that breakdown then on a heavenly father who's good. You know, and, and there's many people today who, who wouldn't put their foot in a church because somebody let them down. You know, a leader let them down. You know, this person let them down. But here's the deal, God never let them down. And, and what you've got to understand about church is church is God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's God's idea. And ultimately, when your trust is in God, you know, even though people disappoint you, it doesn't matter because you're secure. Because you understand God's got things in control. God's in charge of your destiny more than any person is. Come on, there's a freedom when you trust God more than any person. You know, I pray we come to church and we lean into the Word of God more than we lean into the person who's speaking. Because if you lean into the Word of God, the Word of God will change your life more than somebody's good ideas, more than somebody's ability to articulate disillusionment. <laughs> you know, that will change your life. And, and, and it's our trust in God 
that actually gets us right with God. You know, I really believe God wants to heal a generation right now of mistrust. Heal a generation of cynicism and skepticism, you know, because it's a leprosy that's actually crippling a generation. It's a leprosy that's causing people to be withered, you know, and, and to be isolated. But God wants to heal this generation. Just as He healed Naaman, He wants to heal people in their spirit from that mistrust that's crippling them. Because we live, our relationships, if we're to grow in our relationships, it's going to be in direct proportion to our ability to trust. Your marriage won't go to another level unless you trust more. Your friendships don't go to another level unless you trust. You know, your, your relationship, which is paramount with God, will grow in direct proportion to your trust. You know, here's the deal. When you're desperate, you'll you trust anything. Sometimes God will bring us to the point of desperation where we let go of everything else until we come to a point where He's the only one that we can hold on to. You know, some of us say, oh, I don't know if I believe in miracles. Well, if you don't believe in miracles, perhaps you've forgotten you are one. Perhaps you missed the fact that you are a living miracle. And if you can recognize that, that's, I believe, the beginning of God's work within you. See, in this guy, Naaman, a great warrior leader, and he trusted the words of this Israelite servant. And what did he do? He went to the prophet's store. This is where we picked up the passage from. Yeah, he, he shows up though. And here's the deal. He doesn't get what he expects. He's expecting it to go one way, but it goes different. You know, verse 11 says, you know, I thought he would surely come out of his house and stand. And he would call upon the name of the Lord and he would wave his hand over the spot and Cure me of my leprosy. Here's the deal. Elisha didn't even come out of the house. You know, this was a general, a leader of the Syrian army. At least the prophet could have come out of his house. No, he didn't even come out of the house. He sent his messengers out. Well, name is going, what? I traveled all this way, and you're just giving me your messengers? What's up with that? You know, and then the messengers gave him some instructions that, that he didn't want to follow through on. You know, how often in life do we get to a point where we would go, well, I thought it should have happened this way. You know, I, I thought giving my heart to Jesus would take all my problems away. You know, how many ever believe that? It's like, well, that ain't right. You know, I thought if I started tithing, you know, money would start miraculously just turning up in my bank account. You know, and boom, there's a thousand bucks. You know, I, I thought, you know, God would make them come back and say sorry. I thought, you know, if I prayed, they would apologize for what they did to me. You know, I, I thought, thought God would tell them that they have to love me. You know, I thought they wouldn't die, but they died. You know, it's, I thought, well, here's the deal. You thought wrong. What happens when your circumstances say one thing, but God's character says another? Now, what, what happens when what God's asking you to do doesn't make sense? I said this this morning. Instead of interpreting God's character through your circumstance, 
we need to start interpreting our circumstance through God's character. Yeah, you see, Christianity is not a set of beliefs. It's a relationship. It's a, it's a relationship. And so many people, you know, when their beliefs are violent, I, I believe this should happen one way, and it doesn't work out that way, they, they then distance themselves from the relationship. Uh, this is not a system, a grid, a matrix. It's not like there's some passcodes that you can pop in every time and get full access. Now, we need to stop believing in truth as a proposition and see truth as a person. It's not something I believe. I believe in someone who's a person. And God wants our trust more than anything else. I spoke this morning. You can have confidence as a Christian in uncertain times. Many people today, you know, they have to have certainty before they have confidence. But, but when your trust is in Jesus, you can have confidence no matter what's happening around your life. Because you understand a God who's able to work all things. Come on, let's say it together. Together for good, for those who love Him and accord accord. He's able to bring it all together. So you can be confident today, even though you've got a whole lot of things that you've got to face this week that you don't know how's it all going to turn out. Come on, God's on your side. And if God's on your side, if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on, I'm not trusting in something. I'm trusting in someone, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I, oh, well, I just thought he'd wave his hand over the spot. Some of us come to church, and it's like that's what we expect, somebody just to wave their hand. And then all my problems go away, and it's all fixed and all well. Don't get me wrong. God does miracles in moments like that. And I'm going to keep on reaching out and believing for those moments. But these other times he takes us on a journey. And this journey he takes us on is so that we can develop our trust. So, yeah, Naaman, he, he worked it out. He goes, well, if I'm going to wash in rivers, there's, there's rivers that are closer and cleaner than the Jordan River. I don't want to go to the Jordan River. But, but listen, it was actually his servants that said, just do what the man of God says. Now, when it comes to God, how many want to know God more? Come on, lift up your hand if you want to know God more. Yeah, that's why you came to church, I pray. Yeah, because you want to know God more. Now, when it comes to knowing God, you've you, you got to understand, God will tell you to do stuff sometimes that you don't understand. And that's the way you get to know Him more. Exodus chapter 33, uh, Moses is struggling because he's done what God told him to do, but, but yet the people... They're rebellious, and the Bible calls them stiff-necked. They're stubborn, they're hard to move, they're hard to direct. One condition today is leprosy, which is mistrust, but there's a whole lot of people who are stiff-necked today. They're stubborn, full of their own ideas and full of their own ways. And In Exodus 33, there's this verse I want to show you. I alluded to it this morning. It says, this is Moses, Now, therefore, I pray I found grace in your sight, Listen to this. Show me now your way. Somebody say, show me now your way. Show me now your way. I want to know God's way. Show me now your way that I might know you. That I might know you. So, so God's way reveals who he is. Show me that I might know you, that I might find grace in your sight. Show me 
your way that I might know you. See, see, it starts by trusting in God. But to trust in God is to actually trust His way. And when you trust His way, then you get a revelation of who God is. It's like, like walking. It, it, this is the way. You know, you put one foot in front of the other. The first step. Who's going to take the first step? Well, God said, I've already taken the first step. I sent Jesus to die on the cross. I've done everything I've needed to do for you to live in the fullness of my promise. So, so our, our response to that should be a, a step of trust. I'm going to trust in that. But when you trust, what happens is you experience God's faithfulness. And, and God's faithfulness goes, well, man, I trusted God there. And man, God's faithful. That means I can trust again. And then when I trust again, then I experience more of God's faithfulness. And then I trust, and then I experience God's faithfulness. And it works like this. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, I, I trust, and then God's faithful. And I trust, then God's faithful. Sometimes, you know, when you get going, it's like, man, I trust. <laughs> man, I'll do an injury. I, I, I trust. You know, I trust, and then I experience God's faithfulness. See, God's faithfulness is displayed by the amount you're prepared to trust Him. And some of us go, well, I don't know if this works. I don't know if He's faithful. Well, have you given Him an opportunity? Because until you trust, you'll never experience the faithfulness of God. And see, it's through His ways you begin to learn who He is. Uh, this, this thing, Naaman you know, responds how a lot of you and I respond. He gets mad. He gets angry. You know, I thought he would come over and do this. And you know, can I wash in these other rivers and be cleansed? And Naaman's servants just said, My father, if the prophet told you to do something great, what have you, oh, what have you not done it? You know, if it was something, yeah, you'd be a man. I'm in. You know, if, if it could be noted, if I could take a photo of it, if I could post it. You know, you know, if other, yeah, I'll do that, but dipping in the Jordan seven times? Nah, that's beneath me. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that but, but his servants go, hey, Naaman, you need to chill out a little bit. You know, you're at a point where you've got no other answers. You need to trust this dude. Yeah, I said this morning, what's at risk if your trust fails? What's at risk? You know, he dips in the river seven times, he's still got leprosy. Yeah, well, he could go to the river, you know, and it might work, but there's no loss. He hasn't lost anything. But what if it, what if it does work? What happens if your trust fails? If, if nothing's at, at risk, if you put nothing at risk, is it really trust? Yeah, I, I, I love it. just this thought. Action, and you may want to write this down. Action is the best expression of opinion. Action is the best expression of opinion. Not words. We live in a world where everybody has an opinion on a whole lot of things. But action, doing something, but, you know, if you haven't got skin in the game, shut up. You know, too many people have got an opinion that they're not willing to actually back. 
You know, if you've got an opinion, you know, I wanna, you, you need to put your money where your mouth is. You actually need to do something about this. And, and action is the best expression of opinion. You know, how many know the world would be a lot better if we just withheld some of our opinions right now? You know, it's like, you know, there's a whole lot of conjecture out there, a whole lot of stuff, that, even gossip, different things. But sometimes it's, it's like, hey, if you're not involved, if you've got no skin in the game, shut it. You know, it, it, it's, it doesn't help. It just breeds confusion. And the enemy, it, what he wants to do is he wants to confuse people so that they're, they're overwhelmed to a place where, where it's like they're paralyzed because they're overanalyzing everything. And we're taught in our education, you know, well, you need to analyze everything. You need to analyze everything. No, but, but the kingdom works off this thing of trust. Where sometimes you've got to go, hey, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust. And our human education actually stops us accessing the things of God. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying throw away your mind. But there's a point in life where you just got to go, I don't understand. I don't understand how this, but I'm going to trust in God's word. I'm going to lean upon God's word. See, we, we need people in this world sometimes just to go, hey, man. Like Naaman, I'm just going to suck it up and do what God says. I'm just going to suck it up and do what God tells me to do. You know, Peter, been fishing all night. Professional fisherman, been out all night, caught nothing. Jesus shows up on the scene. And he said to this, hey, I want you to launch out the deep, and I want to let down your nets. It says, Peter didn't understand. He goes, but, he goes, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I don't understand up here. I know this fishing gig. I know it well. But nevertheless, at your word. And, and some of us, our trust needs to go to another level where, where we don't just, we don't get to a point where we're waiting for other people to convince us. We just read the word of God. And we go, if it's in the Bible, it's good enough for me and I'm gonna lean into that. I'm gonna trust. Come on right now. Come on, how many wanna go to another level of trust? Come on, clap like you believe it right now. Come on, everyone. Yeah, how many people in this, if we could have a musician here, musicians up, how, how many people here today would consider themselves trustworthy? Lift up your hand, trustworthy. Don't worry, I'm not setting you up. <laughs> Some of you are going, oh, I don't know if I want to lift my hand. Yeah, here, here's one thing I found about trust, is trust is transferable. Trust is transferable. I found myself trusting in people I don't know because someone I trust, trusts them. Yeah, it's like, if they are a friend of yours, they're a friend of mine. And try, do you know, you know, when it comes to God's kingdom, many people will come into the kingdom simply because they trust you. You're normal. You, you say there's life in this. You say there's freedom in this. And because I trust you, I can trust God. In fact, Philip got Nathaniel to come check out Jesus. He was a skeptic. Now, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good? But, but Philip got Nathaniel to come check him out because he trusted in Philip. Not because he trusted in Jesus in the first instance. 
you know, Nazareth? Do you know, because you're trustworthy, you know, people you know, will lean into you, but our role is to get them to a point where they can trust Jesus. You know, I found that's the beginning of some people's journey of faith. You know, I love the story because in the end, you know, he just trusted this Israelite servant woman. And then he trusted the messengers. And then he trusted his servants. And because he trusted his servants, these are guys probably who he went to battle with. You know, in the end, he got a miracle. Because the Bible says he went down and dipped in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored. It was like a baby boy. See, one thing you've got to understand, when it comes to our walk with Jesus, the greatest gift you and I can give God, here's the greatest gift you can give God, is your trust. Is your trust. That, that's the great, uh, greatest gift. You know, to trust Him with your eternity. You know, that's big. Yeah, I can do that. But to trust Him with your eternity is also to trust Him with your past. You know, to trust in, in His forgiveness. Some of us, yeah, we, we believe in God and we, we believe that, that we're going to heaven, but we still live in a place of condemnation. Where, where we're confessing sins that we've already confessed to God. Here's the deal. If God's forgiven you, He's removed your sin from you. That, that's no longer a part of your life. He's thrown them into the pool of forgetfulness. He doesn't remember them. He's put them there. You know, the problem is we go back fishing in that pool and dragging up things that He's forgotten about. He's already forgiven you. He doesn't remember them. But, but, but the enemy comes in and tries to condemn us over stuff that we're already forgiven of. We're, we're not that person. And some of us need to graduate in our trust and just go, no, yeah, I did it, but I'm forgiven of it. I'm not that person any longer. I'm not gonna let the enemy tell me otherwise. I'm gonna trust in the Word of God and what He says when it comes to my past. Yeah, come on, that, that deserves a bigger clap right now. Come on, Jesus deserves a bigger clap. Come on, that's dealt with, that's done with. But then I've got to trust, I can trust Him with my future. You know, how many people today get panic attacks, living in anxiety because they, they, they don't know that they're scared about the future. As believers, we can live with a peace about what tomorrow holds. We can live with the confidence. We can live with the assurance. We don't need to worry about what's going to happen next week, next year, 10 years time. Oh, all this is happening around the world. No, we trust in a God who holds the universe in His hands. The whole world is in His hands. Come on, we believe in a God, you know, put the stars in the heaven. You know, and He's for you and I. He's working on our behalf. And so to trust Him with our past is also to say, God, I trust You with my future. I can trust You with my dreams. I can trust that You've got good things for me. And to trust in Him is to lean into Him. That's what He desires more than anything else. What type of relationship do you have if there's no trust? It's not a relationship. Listen to Romans chapter 4, just to finish. Romans 4, verse 4, in the message, it says, If you're a hard worker... 
and do a good job, you deserve your pay. And you don't call wages a gift. You know, how many have ever been to their boss? Oh, thank you. You're so generous for that gift. No, I worked hard for this. You know, saying, I deserve this. It's a gift. Yeah, wages aren't a gift. But uh, listen to this. But if you see that a job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust Him to do it, you can never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and how long you worked. Well, that's trusting Him to do it. Well, that, I'll say that again. Well, that, trusting Him to do it is what gets you set right with God, by God. It's a sheer gift. What gets you right with God? Are your good works? Because if they're good works, they'll be wages. But the gift, it's a gift. You don't receive it. It's a gift. Trust, trust. Just in a moment, I, I, I'm going to trust what God says more than what my friends say. I'm going to trust what God says. I'm going to follow His ways because as I follow His ways, I'll know more about Him. I'm going to trust. Come on, some of us need to graduate to a new level of trust. The sad thing is when you've got a bit behind you, you can trust in your bank account, you can trust in your gifts, you can trust in many things out. Come on, the greatest gift you can give God is your trust in Jesus' name. Oh, that Equippers Church would be a church that trusts. Trusts. Come on, let's deal with our trust issues. If you've had parents who've let you down, you know, if you have friends who've betrayed you, if you've had people talk bad about you, yeah, they may not be worthy of your trust, but God is. He's a perfect, holy God who deserves everything that we have. Come on, if you believe that, have our standing to your feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, what's God telling you to do? Some of us, it's like go dip in the Jordan seven times. Some, it may be go to Bible college. For some, yeah, Manuel agrees with that one. For some, it may be leading an e-group or just join an e-group. For some, it may be, don't stand at a distance in church. You know, don't, yeah, you may have been hurt before. By nature, we're going to hurt one another. But thank God we have in our community, God is the central point where we can access grace, where we can access His forgiveness, which then helps us in turn forgive others. There's no community like the church. You can't get what we have going on here at a rugby club. You can't get it at the gym. You can't get it at, at a business network. This is the church. And you know, we're meant to model something relationally that the world looks upon and goes, wow, there's some people who are just normal like you and I, but they have access to a supernatural power. What is that? What is that power? You know, they love one another in spite of their failings. They, 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 they stay together. They stick together. They, they, they don't pull apart. You know, one of the main weapons of the enemy is to sow division. You know, and when people are divisive, you've got, you got to look at the spirit behind that. 
You know, that's the enemy working. He's trying to divide people. He's trying to separate people. He's trying to get people upset at many different types of things. But God, God wants to bring His people together. You know, trust. Yeah, as a leader, I'm going to let you down. I don't claim to be perfect. No. People will let you down all the time. People will let me down. You just try and be a pastor. You know, people say one thing and then do another all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah, it's like people, that, but no, no my, my, my trust is in Jesus. Jesus, and if he's at work in somebody's life, he'll turn around that situation. He'll restore that relationship. He'll work a miracle. Come on, there's no, nothing too difficult that when God's in the middle, he can't overcome. He can't reverse in Jesus' name. Come on, how many believe that tonight? Come on, if you believe it. Trust, trust, trust. Come on, you gotta trust, you gotta trust. To trust is to, to live. And if you wanna go to a new level of trust, how about lifting your hands just right where you are? You realize, you know, some people realize you've been a bit cynical, skeptical. Even you let the part, disappointment of yesterday you know, hold you back from what God wants you to experience today. God has something great for your life, but it's gonna come as you trust. If you trust Him, you're going to experience His faithfulness. His faithfulness. God's a faithful God. Come on, just in your expression of trust, would you just begin to worship Him? Come on, right where you are. Just go, I worship you, God. You're worthy of my trust. You're worthy, Lord, of my everything. Come on, we need some desperate people right now just to reach out. Come on, you don't get anything from God if you don't have a hunger. Come on, right now, just, just reach out. Holy Spirit's right now in this place. One thing I just want to land on, because I believe there's people here, you felt insignificant. You've undervalued yourself. You might feel like that Israelite servant girl. She's in a place of captivity. But in that place of captivity, she was able to bring about a miracle in a great general's life that led him to a place to declare that there's no other God except the God in Israel. That's pretty remarkable. You know, because people trusted Naaman, you know, the effects of that would have just spun off his declaration. But it all started with this Israelite servant girl. He said, I know somebody. I know a prophet who can heal your disease. Some of you, you felt like a pizza box, insignificant. But you've got to understand there's treasure in you. And you're called to greatness. Don't let the enemy de devalue you. For you tonight, it's simply just to trust. God, you want to use me. God, you want to do something great in and through my life. God, I'm not insignificant. I'm significant. I have a voice. I have a reason for being. See, the enemy would come in and try and lie to you. Just say you're a number in the crowd. No, you're special to God. Come on, if you know right now you need to trust God in that area, that you're called to greatness, that God has something amazing ahead of you, I want you to lift your hands right now just across this place because I, I believe God wants to minister into your heart where the enemies try to come in and devalue you and play on things that just aren't true. We're gonna break every lie and we break every lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. 
Lord, I thank you each and every one of us are not here by chance. Lord, before the beginning of time, you saw us. Lord, in fact, you knitted us together in the matrix of our mother's womb. Lord, and I thank you, you've got something great, something amazing for every individual. Lord, a role to play. Lord, they're born for greatness. Come on, if you're standing next to somebody with their hands lifted up, you've got faith. I just want you to lay hands just quickly on them right now, just right where they are, right, right now. Come on, groups of people right now. We release that right now. Oh, we release, Lord, calls. We release destinies. We release, Lord, your purpose and your promise and your power over people's lives. Come on. We thank you, Lord, something's shifting. I said 20th of October, 2018. Something shifted and changed in people's lives. Lord, we thank you, God, for it. Come on, church, pray.